Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hello, friend, and welcome to episode 67 of the Still Space podcast. I don't like you because I don't like me. Do you ever feel this way that the other person just doesn't like me and wonder what's wrong with me? It's got to be something wrong with me. I have to fix this. Then you lose sleep over it. You start to think that, especially if this person is your manager, or worse yet, a C-suite executive, that this is going to result in you losing your job, losing credibility, losing respect within the organization. The truth is it's not about you. Someone's dismissal of you, their confrontational nature, their argumentativeness, their making you feel that you aren't good enough, has nothing to do with you and everything to do with what haunts them. I don't like you because I don't like me. Think of the people in your own life that you really, truly dislike. They make your skin crawl. You don't want to see them. You don't want to be around them. You hate watching what they're doing in social media. Get a little curious about that within yourself because if there is resentment in that still space moment, There's something that needs to be addressed. It's calling to be resolved. So most of the time, people that we are envious of or resent or don't like, there is something about them, something that they're doing or they have that we wish that we were doing or we had. All suffering comes from something that we want that we don't have. So noticing that, with complete mindfulness and saying to oneself, you know, yeah, I I kind of resent that person, but yeah, that's because they're doing this better than I am, or they have this, and this is something that I thought that I wanted, but really what I already have is pretty dandy. I have worked with some very mean people, and their behavior is very predictable. They lash out, trying to escape their own discomfort, calm down for a while, and then go right back to being mean, right? So keep in mind here that the people that you're resenting not necessarily are the people who are being mean. Understand the delineation between the two. There are mean people, and then there are people that you resent. We just discussed how the people that we resent usually 
underneath our resentment is some sort of longing or interest in being able to be more like them. Maybe not exactly the way that they're doing it, but they might have or be or do something that we can learn from. And this is what I tell my clients. Even that mean boss, there's something about them that gives them the power to be your boss, which is why they got promoted to be your boss. Is there something at all you can learn from them? And maybe it's just that you don't want to be like them. But understand first, there's a difference between resentment that you have for people and then truly mean people. Mean people can't escape the discomfort or feeling that they carry around all the time that they are insignificant, right? They are so unhappy with themselves that they have to offload that onto you and anybody around that they feel are inferior to them so that they can feel better. It's not something that can ever be satiated. They're constantly doing it. And underneath it is probably some form of imposter syndrome or perfectionism. And this is what we do, this perfectionism, imposter syndrome. We cover it over with overarching, overbearing behavior, because that way, if I kick up enough sand and dust, if I put forth enough smoke and mirrors, maybe you won't see that underneath it all, I really can't do this job, think I can't do this job, don't have the education or training to do this job, but they have their own head trash playing over and over in their minds that are making them uncomfortable. I have a lot of C-suite executive clients who are dealing with a really difficult CEO. And the CEO, if that person, whether they're a CEO or a manager or a friend or anybody that you're dealing with, if they are constantly making you feel small, constantly making you feel threatened so that you won't challenge them, That is what's going on. They are so afraid that someone is going to figure out that they're not capable. They might even be capable, but they actually doubt themselves. And it's a horrible place for them to live, but unfortunately, they're not internalizing that. They're externalizing that onto you, making you miserable and making you wonder if you're really worthy to have your job or that if you belong there or wonder if maybe you should be looking for another job. Not so. If you're being led by someone who is overbearing, mean, and makes no sense in the way that they look at things and how they judge you, your goal is one thing. That is to stay off their radar screen. Now, if you have a need within you, if your ego is crying out for affirmation in this situation, You're in a death grip because they will just prey on you like a vulture. Don't be seeking their affirmation. Only go to them if you need something answered. Don't go to them and ask them for their opinion. Continually remind them that, you know, you said this was a value to you, so I wanted to ask, do you think this or this? Give them choices, A or B. Busy people do not want to create. They want to make decisions. Because this is something that is important to you, I wanted to make sure that I was aligned with what it is that you expect. I'm doing this. 
does this align with that? So you're asking them yes, no, or A, B questions, not, I'm not sure what to do, or what do you think? Why well, did this? Is that good enough? That kind of thing is never going to work with a command and control leader who is trying to convince themselves that they have value and are worthy. Their emotionally undeveloped coping mechanism is force, just like an angry child. Power without maturity and boundaries in an adult is dangerous. Remember, happy people don't hurt one another. Happy people come alongside. They shepherd, they steward, they include. They're collaborative, they align. Happy people communicate with honesty and integrity. Happy people want you to be the best you can be. But that doesn't make you hurt any less when unhappy people are mean. Nor do you feel good when mean people have power over you at work. It's terrible. So again, stay off their radar screen as much as possible. Don't ask them open-ended questions except for this one. If I were meeting your expectations, what would that look like? Now, this is a really good question to ask any boss at any time, especially if you don't know what the answer to that is, because the truth is they probably don't either. So if they're disliking you for some reason, now they have to get very concrete about it doesn't matter whether they like you or not. You just want to get the work done that they like. They shouldn't have an opinion on your personality. or You want to remove that whole piece from their persona. You want to be someone who delivers on what you promise, but you need to know what you're promising, and you need to get that from the boss. Again, if I were meeting your expectations, what would that look like? They really will have a hard time with that. So if they don't answer it right away, ask it a different way. Okay, if I got that right, tell me what that would look like. Or if we were doing this, would that mean this or this? Get very concrete because when you're concrete with this, you will always go back to, well, you said this was what you were looking for. So the more concrete you can be, the more you're able to deliver on what it is that they think they want, which is now what they have defined that they want. There's nothing gray out there. There are no more smoke and mirrors, no more sand kicking up in the face. It's very solid, very concrete. It's something you can define. And by very concrete, do you want it this way or that way? Interact with them only on this transactional basis. Yes, it's not great to be in a leadership uh, relationship with a boss when you're trying to do the best you can, but you or you definitely have to boil this down to a transactional relationship with a mean, hateful, very uncomfortable, emotionally immature, and insecure boss. You're boiling this down to concrete transactions. And the mistake that people make is they're looking for just a little bit of, hey, you're doing a good job, and you have to get over that. That is not what your goal is. Your goal is to stay off this person's radar screen, and your goal is to know what it is that they expect from you. 
so that you can over-deliver on that. But keep in mind, they're so uncomfortable with themselves, they don't even know, and they certainly don't want you to eclipse them. So that's why you're going to preface a lot of your conversations with, I want to make good on what it is that we talked about. I have your back on this. I know that you value this. You're trying to instill trust. You're never looking to overshadow them or have them worry that you're going to do an end run around them. That's never going to work for you. Interact with them only on a transactional basis. And if you don't see light at the end of the tunnel, look for something else, either within the company where you are or outside of the company, because most of the time the leader is going to stay, unless they've done this to enough people, that there's enough of a file on them in HR. Now, how do you evaluate that? I can tell you this. If the person is good at doing something measurably valuable to the company, they're going to be there a while. That means if they're bringing in money, if they're decreasing costs, if they're known for really good retention of employees, which that is likely not the case, if they're mean to begin with, but if there's somehow a value to the company, it's going to be hard for a lot of people to come together and have that person removed because the organization is valuing something that they do. So you will have to then ask yourself, is this a place where I can learn and grow? Is this a place where I feel that my work is respected and valued? Um, and going to HR and complaining about something isn't always helpful unless there is a mass action of people doing that. It, you would think, I know you would think that that would be helpful, um, but I think you first have to examine, can I conduct myself a little bit better here so that I can do my work? That's really all I'm here to do. I want to do my work really well. I'm going to recognize that my ego is bruised by this person doesn't like me. This is for a mean boss, not someone that you resent for a mean boss. My ego is bruised that this person doesn't like me. But the truth is, this person probably doesn't like anybody that is whatever. And there's something that you're doing that this person doesn't like. It could be that they don't like anybody, but you want to accomplish big things but not play them up in front of this person in a big way. Let them take the credit. Now, I know that this is going to go against the grain of what some people think, but if you give away the glory, people will know who did the work. Trust me, people always know who did the work. And if you're managing people downstream, Give the glory away to them because everybody above you in the company knows that whatever happened downstream from you, you are part of and you earned as well. So don't worry if somebody under you has more experience doing something than you do. Of course, that's why you hired them because they're a maven in that area. You want them to be on your team so that they can make the team do really well and accomplish what it is that your goals are set for. So no reason for you to resent that person. Again, we're back to resentment versus mean people, two totally different things. The resentment is more on you. 
your managing of yourself, your self-awareness of that in the still space, your ability to self-regulate that resentment, get very curious about it, separate what's an assumption from what's the truth, and then self-regulate and self-accept on yourself. Like, you know what? This person I have been a little bit resentful of, I've realized that's because I really want to be doing something that they're doing. Okay, what can I change in my daily routine that gives me some exposure to that, where I can learn a little bit more about that. Maybe there's room for both of us to be great at that. A little bit of that for me, please. Now, when it has to do with the mean person, get commitments up front on what they expect and, again, over-deliver, reminding them what they told you they expected so they can't debate your performance. This is for everybody that's in any kind of an action plan or in conflict with anybody. If I were meeting your expectations, what would that look like? And press them for that. Well, I don't understand unless you give me a little bit more clarity around that. What would I be doing? What would the end result be? And then when you do that, you put that in front of them and they said, well, where's blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm not clear because that's not what you included when we had the discussion on what's expected. You're going to constantly go back and you can even put it in a matrix form. This, this, and this is what the priorities are. You prioritize these things. We delivered on these things. We're now going to get to the things behind them. So it helps you with priorities. It helps you with goal setting. It helps you with deliverables. Mean people's egos are needier than yours. Don't expect them to make room for your ego. You might be afraid of them, but they're afraid of a lot more than you can even imagine. You are truly the one with the power when it comes to mean people. Your self-worth is not determined by how other people treat you. We are all responsible for our own happiness. I'm going to say this again. You own your happiness. Your self-worth, your value to yourself and to the world is not determined by how other people treat you. Sometimes it's a reflection of what they're thinking and what they see. But we are all responsible for our own happiness. And the best part of this is when you treat yourself like the amazing person or leader, family member, boss, spouse, partner, volunteer, friend, community member that you are, others will treat you the same way. We teach people how to treat us with the boundaries that we draw. If we let somebody step on us, if we let somebody disrespect us, if we show up at our best and somebody cuts us off at the knees and we don't say anything about it, we are teaching people that that's okay. And you don't want to be confrontational. There is a gracious, graceful, mindful way of communicating something without being confrontational and making a scene. And the best way to do that is silence. Just stare at them. Just look at them. Say nothing. Do nothing. Just stare. Really great people with executive presence do this really well. 
Whenever we feel anxious, jealous, angry, fearful, aggressive, grasping, wanting permanence, not feeling good enough, we are clearly focused on our own ego in that still space and our own self-importance, which is really absence of a still space. We are constantly externalizing everything because we're so uncomfortable. We have shame. We cover it over with imposter syndrome and perfectionism, and it doesn't work. When we can practice swapping our own self-focus, that external focus on, I'm uncomfortable here, I better do something, I better act out, I better do something to make myself feel safer. When we swap that external focus to compassion for ourselves and others, we relate better, listen better, and lose the tension. This is a huge milestone for leaders. When you can sit in the room and watch what's going on and see yourself from the third-party perspective, almost as if you're watching a movie, that is a prime still space moment where you don't have to react. You're just going to observe. Observe is a wonderful word. Listen is a wonderful word. Imagine the power of the two of them. Observe and listen. You teach people how to treat you, and this is true. And what does that look like? Make or buy a very healthy lunch and allow yourself 30 minutes to sit down and eat it outside or somewhere with a friend. Wear your favorite clothes, not the ones that you save for a special day. Every day is a special day. Don't save them. That special day is today. All the shoes and the suits and the great active wear and all of the clothes that you've been saving for what could be a great day, start wearing them. Pull them out of your closet tomorrow and put them on. Feel full. This is very important. I coach around this with my clients very heavily. That feeling of full, you don't need to eat everything on the plate in its entirety. You don't need to eat the entirety of what is on your career plate or your friendship plate or your parent plate. Are you comparing, you know, because that's external. If we're looking at what somebody else has, I have a lot of clients who have children with challenges. I have a challenge with a child with a developmental disability. And I know very much what it's like to go to the playground and eye up other children and see what their age looks like they are and then comparing them to my child, not healthy, We do this. This is human nature until we know better. And then now when I look at other kids, they're doing their own thing. They're living their own life. My goal for my child is to be happy and to be productive. And that's happening. But the comparing, oh my gosh, the sleepless nights, the gut ache, the horrible feeling of not being good enough, not having that perfect-looking family, it's ridiculous. We cannot keep up with that. 
feel full. You're full of everything you need to take good care of yourself. And yeah, you might want uh, another title or another role in another year or two because that will be challenging to you and you see yourself contributing more. There's nothing wrong with that. But be full with where you are right now. That doesn't mean discount your dreams, not set goals. It means I know where I'm going. I have a plan to get there. But where I am right now is satisfying me. Our culture doesn't want you to be satisfied because then you won't buy that hair product. I looked last week at, I have very curly hair and it's very hard to manage. And I looked at a product to help reduce the frizz of curly hair. I cannot open Facebook or Instagram without continually seeing products for people with curly hair. Every moment I scroll through a couple things and there's another ad. So know this, our culture is looking for you to not be satisfied. Feel full. This is the whole premise of how I coach my clients. We're full. We're satisfied. Yeah, we have these goals. Yeah, we have these things we're working on. Yes, we know and are acknowledging our resentments of people. We're knowing what to do with that mean person. We see everything that's going on around us, but we're okay with us. You are full. Do your morning exercise routine as part of getting ready for work. It's not a dread. You do it because you are at your best at work and in life when you're fit. It serves you. It's a reward for everything else that you're doing. It's something that helps you stay healthy, you feel good about. It's part of your routine. Keep a log of what makes you happy. Could be a prayer journal or a diary or a simple checklist or a gratitude journal. Give yourself a designated way to check in with yourself every single day. This is what people do who feel full, who value themselves, who don't end up hateful and resentful and angry. They're releasing the things that don't serve them in this still space because they like being happy. They have routines that remind them to reflect and to make good choices. And following them is a statement to yourself and to others that you matter. You deserve to treat yourself with the mindful daily routines that you do to give you joy, to keep you feeling full and satisfied. I want that for you. I wish that for you. Take the steps in the still space, the mindful reflection, the no resentment, the no hatred, the no anger, the unraveling of what's underneath those difficult feelings that you don't want to feel. Anger's a really a red flag. We want to invite it in and get curious about it and understand what's underneath it because then we can release what we own. Wishing you a still space moment that's an aha moment for you today. Hello, you savvy, wonderful, mindful friend. I have an announcement for you. Over the past few months, 
Many of you have reached out to me with similar questions and struggles, and I realize not everyone is able to participate in my one-on-one coaching program, Mindful Leader Satisfied Life, and my heart has been heavy to find a way to help you. I've listened, and I've heard you, and I've worked very hard, and I'm very excited to announce to you that I'm launching a brand new coaching program just for you. Cue the band, light the firecrackers, sound the alarm. The program is called the Three C's Lab. And what are the three C's? Confidence, connection, and calm. So you might be working on your career. You might not be working on your career. You might be working on getting a promotion. You might be working on just fitting in better with the people that you work with, not being as angry, not being as upset. Nobody can stand tall in their career, their relationships, or their life without a solid foundation. And this is what I work with with all of my clients. In the Three C's Lab, you'll learn the tools, skills, and techniques that will allow you to build that strong foundation so that you can be mindful and satisfied in every aspect of your life. It's part group coaching with me, part skills training, and part community. Mostly, you'll belong to a really welcoming group of people who care about you, your personal development, purposeful life, and satisfaction. Do you ever wonder how you could stop grieving something whose time has passed? Know if it is right to change jobs or change you? Create a hybrid work environment for yourself? Ask for a raise? Get promoted? Get noticed? Stop feeling empty when your life is so busy? Are you tired of waking up in the middle of the night worried about something you can't control? Trying so hard and not getting noticed or valued? Being frustrated managing someone who is passive-aggressive? and underperforming, worrying about your relationship and not knowing what to do, anticipating retirement and questioning your identity. The Three C's Lab includes this, weekly live group coaching calls with me via Zoom, a vault full of skills and tips, monthly interactive workshops with me where I'm training. This is not where I'm coaching people. This is where I'm giving you instruction on things like your ego and fear, your persona versus your identity, your energy, the drama triangle, and where you might fall on that triangle, life transitions and necessary endings, knowing about the source of suffering. That's what's going to happen on the monthly trainings. There will be an online community where we can post and talk to each other all the time, a vault full of coaching and trainings in case you can't be on the calls. And this is the most important thing, life, time, access. No renewals, no subscriptions, no secret hidden messages. All of this 2K. Yep, that's right. That's it. 2K, all of the above, and you are in for life. You will always have access to all the new trainings, the videos, the updates, and coaching calls. So go over to my website, maryleegannon.com, click on coaching, and follow the information to the Three C's Lab, Confidence, Connection, and Calm. I'm really looking forward to having you with me. This is the first time I've been able to offer something at this level, and I'm really excited to help all of you who have been reaching out to me so that we can be connected, confident, and calm together. Looking forward to having you in the program. I'm glad you were with me today, and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com where you can also learn more about working with me.